Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We are going to kind of dive into a chapter in Galatians today. I uh, finished uh, 1 John. Not sure which, which direction to go yet. I'm just going to I go from Sunday to Sunday as the Lord leads. And I got to thinking about um, uh, Galatians 5. It really describes the spirit-filled life. Um, by the way, is the best way to live, isn't it? God the Spirit living in you. God the Holy Spirit is everywhere. And looking for a vessel whom to fill. When Jesus went back to heaven, he said, I will send the helper. He will not leave us alone. You're not abandoned. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes with you everywhere you go. I'm so glad that we cannot um, escape from his presence only by our own will. And even then, he goes after us. He wins us back if he can, and he wants us back. That's an amazing thing in itself. The God of all universe, when we mess up, he wants us back. If we wander from the fold, he wants us back. He doesn't want you to stay lost. He wants you in his kingdom forever. God wants you to live with him forever. That's an amazing thought. God created you to live forever with him. And sometimes our problem is that we don't feel worthy. We don't feel that he really wants. He, we just don't feel we're good enough. And we, we've been talking about it a bit here and there. And so often we feel inadequate. And we are in, 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 inadequate in ourselves. But by the grace of God, by the Holy Spirit, you're going to make it. Because Jesus came to finish the course. He's already finished the work that is necessary for you and I to be what we ought to be. The righteousness is already paid for. Your righteousness is in him. Your holiness is in him. Your acceptance comes through Christ. I'm so ever grateful. The book of Galatians really starts out with, and I'm not going to go into a lot of it in the first uh, part of it, but really Paul writes to Galatia, and he, he, he begins to tell, he asks the question, you guys started in the spirit, what happened? You guys started out well, but who tricked you? Who led you astray? And so Jesus warned that in the last day there will be false prophets, false teachers. And so how are we going to not be deceived? We've got to be people that are in the word. And the written word of God will never deceive you. It'll help you discern that which is good and evil. The enemy wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that we might have life and life more abundant. God wants you to live. God doesn't want you to die. God wants you to live and live eternally with him. And he has a plan. He's conquered death and Easter's coming resurrections. Uh, celebration, Jesus conquered the death thing. The last enemy, the Bible says the last enemy, Jesus conquered death. Because he lives, we're going to live also. So how does this play out? 
What is a spirit-filled life now look like? What's it supposed to be? What, what are, we, are, are, we, are we never to feel any temptation? That's not the way it works. It's what we do when we feel temptation. The temptation is not the sin. The acting upon it is the sin. So what God has left for us is his word, but he also is, uh, leaves to us the helper, the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to kind of dive in the fifth chapter. And I, w- I would like to read a bit uh, just to, just to kind of uh, bring it up to uh, where we're at here, verse 13. Before we get to verse 16 through 26, is our, that's the real text I'm going to uh, dive in today. But in verse 13, you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not use your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. What is he saying? He said, if you love God, and First John said, if you love God, how, you, how do you treat your brother then? You say you love God, how do you treat your brother? When Jesus was asked the question, what are the greatest, you know, what's the greatest commandment? You say, I shall love the Lord God with all your heart. What's the second? Love your neighbor yourself. I can't love my neighbor unless I understand God's love. And unless I understand, I can't love my neighbor as I should unless I have God's help. That's what I'm getting at. Remember the illustration I read a little bit about last week in the book, a little illustration book about the car that the people were pushing on vacation because they didn't want to waste gas and they didn't want to pollute the air and they were pushing it all away. And the other guys come on, what are you pushing your car for? It's meant to be driven. Oh, the spirit-filled life is that car that is meant to be driven. I can't push I can't work hard enough. I can't do it in my own strength. God, the Holy Spirit, empowers us so that we can live the Christian life. And when I talk about living it, demonstrating it, it starts in the home. It starts in the home. It starts with your loved ones. It's tested, often more tested in the home than any in any other situation. And this love test is tested in the family relationship of husband and wife, and down through the children, and on into the to the the whole fellowship of the family. And so, when you get over into the church community, you get into the brother and sisters relationship. We may not all agree totally on every little thing. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different challenges that we're working on, that God is working on through us. And may I be patient. May I be patient with myself. This is a hard thing. I'll dare say one of the greatest challenges you and I have is that patient thing. Wondering if we're ever going to get there. Are we ever going to get victory? Are we ever going to be totally free from the temptation? Guess what? We'll never be free from the temptation. But 
God can help us overcome at the moment of temptation. And what did Jesus say to the disciples when we were praying at the Garden of Gethsemane? He said, you guys go over there and pray with me. What happened to these disciples? They got weak in themselves. They fell asleep. Jesus comes back to them a couple times. They're still sleeping. And he says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And so what is the church? What is the purpose of the church? What is the part of our, what is the main thing that we might hear from God and walk according to his ways? Our purpose as the church is to be connected with God and helping people connect with God so that they understand it's not their strength that's going to get them to the next level. It's God in them. And so here we go. This is great. This is a great verse. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Let me help you understand. Right now, we've all been born with this flesh, this old part of us, this fallen nature thing. You don't teach a baby how to sin. Right? You know, they, they, we grow up discovering, oh, we have this, pro oh, we have jealous, oh, we have, I don't want to share my toys. I'm on. Oh, I'm jealous. I want what he has. That's, gee, that's, that's really nice. What is the problem with that is that the flesh has no, no end. No place where it comes, oh, now I'm satisfied. The flesh has no end. And it comes, it comes, it comes back and again, we want more. We want more. We want more. And it goes on and on and on. It is this flesh and the spirit thing that is waging war. I would dare say there might have been a battle even today getting to church. In some degree. God, God wants you to be close to him. The devil doesn't like it when you're close to God. And if he can come at your flesh, and if he can hit you where you're weak, he will. Well, here's the key. But I say walk by the Spirit. How do you do that? How do you walk by the Spirit? You invite Jesus to come into your heart, number one. And you pray the helper, the Holy Spirit, that you'll be able to hear what he's saying. And the disciples were commanded to wait in the upper room until they received the power from the Holy Spirit. They were renewed with power. They weren't going to go out and be witnesses until they received the power. They were not able to stand against the teachers and the people of the law, how they stood against them. The people that were, were, were educated would wonder and be in awe. And they said it about Peter and John. These are uneducated people, but I recognize they've been with Jesus. Whoa. There's a key. How do we walk in the Spirit? We, we walk in the Spirit by spending time with Jesus. In your quiet time. In your alone time. When you're driving down the road, it's just you and God. When you go into the workplace and you're talking to Jesus and you're listening for what he's saying to you. You're putting on the whole armor of God when you call upon him, when you say, I cannot do 
what you've called me to do except by your power and grace. I can't forgive that person, but by your grace, I cannot control my anger except by your power and your grace. And so Paul lists, there's two lists in this chapter. He lists the deeds of the flesh. He just names them. If you're led by the Spirit, you are, uh, verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh, he just lays it out. The deeds of the flesh are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, and drunkenness, crowsing things like these of which I forewarn you, you just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. God doesn't want us to worship ourselves. To allow the flesh to be in control. He knows we have the problem. He come. He's come. He came. Became sin that we might know the righteousness of God in him. But Jesus recognizes we cannot fix our problem. I cannot fix my disease of the flesh. But God, being rich in love and mercy, has given us the power. Now look at the fruit of the Spirit, the flip side of the flesh is the fruit of the Spirit. And he lists nine of them. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there's no law. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. That word crucified. Wow. Paul was not always a nice person. As you know the story, Paul was a persecutor of the church. He thought he was in the name of religion, in the name of God, he was killing Christians. He thought he was doing God an act of service. He was religious, but he wasn't in relationship. He thought he had things right. And it was only until the day that he was going along when Jesus came to him in the book of Acts described that he fell under a bright light and the voice came to him and said this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't know that voice. He had never heard that voice. He had never understood the power of the Holy Spirit until that moment. He was humbled. He was broken. He met the man. He met the one who died for him. And since that moment, with the help of the Lord and some other disciples that began to support Paul, it took a while. You take a man that this man wasn't pretty. This man, he'd destroy you in a blink of an eye as a Christian. It took a while for the church to warm up to this dude. It took a while. You know what? God 
has to help us get ourselves in a place to love on people. It takes time. It takes time to mend. It takes time to be restored. It takes time for things to heal. I love Teen Challenge and other ministries. We have support groups. We, we support AA, you know, at least in, in prayer and, and moral support. We support people. We're for that. We're about bringing something that is broken, bringing something to Jesus. Jesus came to those who were sick. He ate with the sinners because they needed a doctor. He would never come, had he? He never needed him. Why should he bother? Listen, we've got to get over. We've got to get over this. In order to walk with the Spirit, we've got to get over of relying on self. Figuring thing, figuring out how to fix it ourselves. Depending on our own strength. We can't. We can't do it ourselves. That's why he sends the helper. And at the same time. He sends the brother and the sister. Some people need to see God in you. Some people are looking for God. And the only way they'll find it is through another person. It speaks life into their hearts. It speaks life that believes in them. You may be a friend. Their only friend. Their only true friend. That will stick with them through thick and thin. You see, Satan has all this fun-looking stuff to offer us. But it only leads to destruction. It only leads to hopelessness. It leads to anxiety. It leads us to all the opposition, opposite of patience. It leads, Satan wants us to be uptight. Satan wants us to be angry. Satan wants us to sin. But God has a better way, I'm thankful. To God be the glory. By the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has given to us his spirit. I am no longer a slave. We've sang that song here a time or two. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am no longer enslaved by the enemy, by the flesh. And so Paul says, we must crucify. Paul said this in Galatians chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. So I ask the question, who is in control of my life? If you ask that question, who is in control in my life? Who do you want to be in control of your life? It's a good thing that he's in control. I believe we want him to be in control. By the way, he is your provider. Amen? My flesh says, oh, look what I've done. The Spirit says, oh, look what the Lord has done through you. You become a, a vessel. And so Paul was not, he wasn't a perfect man after he got saved. I think sometimes we we begin to try to wonder, well, what's it like to be in a perfect world now that you're so strong in the Lord? You, you, he had temptations. 
Did the Lord answer Paul's prayer every time? No. In fact, in one particular instance, Paul asked the Lord three times. It was something that he related to, like a thorn in his flesh, for whatever it was. Some believe it was his eyes. He was not able to see that good. We don't know for sure. But the point is this. God answered him and said, in your weakness, I will be your strength. That was a victory. So the fact is that we have weaknesses. How are we going to overcome? They will overcome because we know our weaknesses. Therefore, we walk not in our own flesh. We, we know we should avoid that place or whatever. Or shut the thing off. Whatever. Right? Because God has something greater. God has the best life for you and I. God has a triumphant life. God has a victory life. God has the overcoming life. And so, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. The challenges are there. The temptations are there. We are tested from time to time. Just go to Minneapolis and drive in the traffic and you'll be tested. Well, patience. Come on. You get to a restaurant. You can tell you're in a hurry when you, you, you're in a, in a line and, you, and they move a little bit. You move a little bit. You know what I mean? You're in a hurry. You're, you're just good. We, there's something about our society that we've lost. How We kind of struggle with just wait. We don't like to wait. We want to be healed. We want to be made right and strong and go on. Get on with life, right? God is never in a hurry, is he? It seems like. Oh, he can move fast. He can change in a, in a fact in a moment and twinkling of an eye. You're going to leave this place. The Lord comes for his church. I want all these fruits I want them now. I've already, I've already blew it because of impatience. Here's how it works. You walk with Jesus, your, the fruits will start to manifest. You will find yourself, hey, I did, I did okay with the Lord's help. I was more patient. Even me a few years ago, I would have just smashed that person. You know, whatever. Time to give illustration. Gentleness. The big one for is the big one here. I like it. Self-control. This kind of self-control. We like it when we say the devil made me do it. No, 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 no. He tempted you, but you just made the decision. He never made you. God gave you the will. You're born. You and I are, have a will. We have a decision. We make decisions moment by moment, all day long. And the decision that he wants us to make is to trust in the Lord himself. Don't lean on your own understanding. Here's how you can walk in the Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've been received the power of the Holy Spirit, receive that prayer language. It's like a secret weapon. 
You can pray and speak in your prayer language, speak in mysteries. The Bible says that you build your inner man up. You build your inner man, your spirit man. You become stronger. Not that to say that you're never going to have temptation. That's not the point. But you begin to become locked in. You become more focused. It's like the dial begins to become clearer. You begin to see things. You begin to hear more. The helper, the Holy Spirit, helps us to bear fruit. I must be on the vine. I must be tied in. The juices from the Lord must flow through us. The root system, Psalms chapter 1, the tree planted by the stream of water. There's a root season. Jeremiah describes it, that there was a dry time. There was a drought. But there's a the man of God, the one who seeks God, is like the tree planted by the streams of water. There will be dry times in your spiritual walk. It could be that the Lord is strengthening your root system. Don't give up. Peter was talking to Jesus. Jesus was saying you need to forgive seven times 70. Peter thought he was doing pretty well at forgiving whatever it was seven times. It's Jesus said seven times 70. On and on and on and on and on. How much God, how much grace does God have? Grace, grace. May God's grace help us to walk in the spirit, to choose God, to choose him rather than ourself. Granted, we will be tempted, we will be tested, we will be tried. If we fall, you can get up again. That's the point. You get up again. And you go forward. And you love God. He loves you more than you could love yourself. He loves you in spite of yourself. He loves you in spite of what may be happening in your situation right now. I want to leave you with this thought. that he, It goes on to the next chapter because it, it ties it in with the church, the body of Christ. And he talks about a man who's caught in a trespass. He talks about one who, is, who messes up. But he talks about the brother. Reach out to him. Restore him with a spirit of gentleness. I think it's interesting that he says gentleness. When one messes up, they know it. Right? Will... Someone love them in spite of it and bring them back. That's what he's saying. Being careful not to be tempted and fall yourself. Verse 2, Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens. I love how God works his body, his church together because people that are working through tough stuff who have been in the, in the brokenness 
understand another person. And God often uses people that have been there themselves to help bring someone else along. And we're all learners. We're all in this together. For anyone, if he thinks he's something when he is nothing, this is just something just kind of just jumps out at me. But I think if you think you're never going to fall, Paul said it. Be careful that pride lest you fall. And so, here's the Pharisee's problem. I thank God I'm like not like that person. My. I keep all the rules. I obey all the commandments. Yet they hated and they were vicious and they were selfish and they were seeking their own glory. And God doesn't care for that. What God desires is a broken, contrite heart. Saying, I, I'm a sinner. I admit my need for you. Oh, Lord, come into my heart. I can't do this in my own strength. I can't walk good enough. I can't be good enough. Oh, Lord, come into my heart. And the help of the Holy Spirit begins to move. And the more you wait upon him, the more you pray to him, the more you ask God to fill you with his spirit. I believe God wants to fill everyone to an overflowing, that we are not just have enough for ourselves, but we have enough to splash out and spill over upon our, our loved ones and all the people around us. We are to be light givers, life givers and light givers. We are to be salt shakers. We are the salt of the earth. People, I believe the days are here when you're looking for something that re that's real and isn't going to work. God is real. The Holy Spirit is real. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. He comes to empower us. We don't have to walk in our own strength. We don't have to try to figure things out in our own strength. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, they were arguing in Paul's letter he wrote to the Corinthians they were arguing they were still he says you guys are still fleshly they were arguing oh well I was saved from Apollos's ministry oh well I was saved from Paul's ministry right and he said you guys are still fleshly your jealousy you were still and he's not kind of hit him a little bit so what Another place, he spoke to the church. We're still on the milk, still on the basics. We to grow up. This whole thing, walking in the spirit, takes practice. Takes practice. You, every day you choose to walk in the spirit. What does that do? How do you do that? You ask God to come and walk with you. Ask God to give you the understanding. I dare say that I believe God, I think God wants to be in, involved in your tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. On and on and on. God wants heaven for us. All eternity. 
but he wants you to learn to walk in faith right now. We don't know all the answers. We don't know the total picture. But there's a comfort in knowing one, knowing the one who does, knowing the one who has the answers, knowing the one that's going to take us somewhere. And so we are to grow up, be filled with the Spirit, and the help of the Holy Spirit, that we will walk not in our own strength. Lord, right now we come to you, Jesus. You are here. Your promises are true. You will never leave us or forsake us. Lord, create in us a clean heart again, we pray. And Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring us to a fresh wind to receive fresh oil from you today. In Jesus' name.